My guest today is an amazing and very funny comedian who just released his first full-time special on Showtime called Stay at Home Son. He played the role of Mr. Trujillo on the Netflix series Mr. Iglesias and is the current new host of Tacos Cantado, the newest web series from First We Feast. Please welcome to the check drop, Jesus Trejo. What's up, Jesus? What's up, man? Man, I am so happy to have you, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting, man. Good to see you, Chuck. Yeah, man. Uh, we've uh, known each other for, I don't know, a few years, and we um, was used to do a lot of colleges together, mm-hmm. and, you, and your star was just sh- shooting up so high. Like, it's it's hard, as, hard to keep you keep you yeah. in the wraps. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, we did our, our, our share of colleges, and it was fun, and yeah, man, we're just grinding. We're trying to find uh, what the new normal looks like for us now, so, you know, we're just trying to keep busy, um, you know trying to stay busy here at home and seeing where uh, this year takes us and, and, and set ourselves up nicely for next year. Yeah, man. Well, um, you're one of those comics uh, that um, is a little bit outside of the box as far as the 2020 goes. It seems like you have so much on your plate and you're doing so much work and with all these specials and your web series and such, you're, you're kind of like an anomaly this year. So. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's like you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always working. I like to, you know, stay busy. I always kind of have something on the stove cooking. And, you know, this year, because of one thing or another, it just happened to be the year where all these things started slowly coming out. And I was very grateful that I had put in the work, you know, a few years beforehand to kind of set myself up for something like this. But then, you know, the unfortunate side is, yes, the COVID of it all. But, you know, it's cool to still have content, you know, be able to put out content during this time. And, you know, and and also makes you think and re- kind of, yeah, makes you think to 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 see how how things are being structured now. It's like, is is this something that's going to be sustainable going into the next year? Is stand up going to be around? And you know, I've been fortunate to do those driving movie theater um, shows. I you know went on the road with Bert, and that was cool to get my feet wet in that regard. So, yeah, well, let's talk about that. Um, uh, you mentioned Bert, Bert Kreischer. Uh, so you're one of the opening acts, that, and you've been an uh, opening act for him for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I opened for him for. I've been opening for him for a few years now, and um, it, it, it was cool. I was I was with him when he was doing clubs, and he made the leap into theaters, you know. And then you know, COVID happened, and then you know he had to find a new way to tour, and he wanted to experiment and kind of try out this thing with the drive-in movie theaters and you know I, I did the first leg of the tour and it was great the hang was great the shows were great it was um yeah it was all around good it was it, it was a great experience now now you mentioned it was that his idea or like levities i know you're both under lev- levity management um so yeah. was that a combination of did you all sit down early on in covid and said all right shit we need to figure out something to pivot and make make some income that was all Burt Kreischer's idea. I mean, he's really? a guy with many ideas and he likes to take risks. And, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where he just kind of like he likes to think outside of the box. It's one of the things I love working with him because I see how he approaches a problem. You know, most people see a problem and they try to find like that first solution that comes to mind. But he digs a little deeper and tries to find the fun thing. And and um, I mean, that drive-in movie theater was just a prime example of that. He was able to find a way that works and he had never done anything like that the production had never done anything like that and we as opening acts same thing so it was new for everybody and i and i think the journey of learning 
and I, I guess learning in the moment for everybody is, is it brings you together. It's it, it's a fun thing. Lots of laughs. If something doesn't go right, like I remember the first show, I went up there, and the sound I don't know was was like being um, transmitted correctly or for whatever reason. So I'm up there talking, and again, it's a drive-in movie theater. So there was a Vin Diesel trailer playing above me, which I had no idea. It's like way above there. So I'm talking Is this about during mustard. your set. Yeah, during my set, I'm opening. And I'm talking about mustard or whatever. And then later, uh, a, a couple of people were, were hitting me up. It's like, you were doing some mustard bid, but all we saw was Vin Diesel, like movie trailer. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's a great way to bomb. But it was new. It was, uh, I, I remember at one point in that first set, like three minutes into my act, I go, uh, guys, this is only my worst nightmare. And that's exactly when the sound kicked in. So I heard a huge roar coming from people so i'm like okay they can hear me now so that's good well like as an agent and i'm always kind of i look at the uh like you said the production aspect of it that had to have been a whole new thing to get used to because usually you just roll into a theater and they're already set you know they've got uh their sound and lights it's just you know they got a sound guy they got a light guy just flick a switch and they're probably just used to it like hey we just had in bill burr last week or whatever they just kind of roll with the punches and just know what to do like how does that work because a drive-in movie theater does not have a typical stage and sound and lights to produce a show like this. So how are how have you guys, uh, do you have a production crew that follows you around or do you um, rent them out at each location? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, I'm not too familiar. Like, I, I don't know much about the production side of things, but I do know that there was another production uh, truck following Bert, you know, from city to city. And they kind of like set up stage and stuff and, as far as the sound and, and that kind of thing, I, I don't know if they work with the drive-in theaters or, or how that worked, but by the time we got to the city, uh, it, it was set up. We would do sound check, and, you know, there was, you know, people there with cameras projecting us on stage on the big screen and then, you know, making sure that the sound was being transmitted into all the cars. So, I mean, that was, I, I think, the biggest challenge early on, at least for me, I speak for myself, that, you know, you're you're basically performing in a vacuum. You don't have that immediate reaction that we're used to as comics. Even in the most unintimate setting, like in a theater, you still have people there, and it's like the laughs are enclosed. But now you're outside. Um, you know, people are in their cars. So that was, I think, the biggest challenge for me, not being able to hear the immediate reaction of people. But as the tour went on, people were like, you know, setting up chairs right out front of their cars, or if they had pickup trucks, they kind of do a tailgate action and they sit in the back of their truck bed. And then after a while, we all figured out that we got to play to that first row of cars. And you know, there's a couple hundred cars, you know, there. So it's, it's hard to even play or hear any reaction past, I don't know, maybe the fifth row. Fifth row is basically max. Right. Um, well, that's probably fun. just, just like in, uh, I guess like concerts and such, I'm sure the uh, bands do the same thing. They have that, you know, they can't necessarily reach the person all the way in the back and, you know, just always just play to the front and it'll kind of transpire throughout the back. I mean, obviously you had to like learn to, um, you know, put an additional pause in your set and such like after each joke and such just to the timing, I'm sure was off for at least a couple of weeks to get that going. I, yeah, we got we we definitely. I feel like everyone kind of figured it out after after like the second show. By by then, everyone's had had been adjusted 
Um, but yes, it's like even when you play like a bigger setting, you do slow down your jokes and, you know, you kind of wait for the laugh to go up and then return back to you kind of thing. But it's like uh, like like a little bit. But now I, I think it's more of even like a, like you learn to pace yourself. You know, it's like you're speaking a little slower just so everything can hit, you know, that there's a delay. Um, yeah, you just kind of speak a little. It, it forced me to speak a little more clear and get through like a whole thought or an idea and more or less you you can kind of figure out where the laughs are and then the more you do it you're just kind of looking out and again any little laugh helps so sometimes it's a camera guy sometimes it's a comic <laughs> waiting to get up you know next like whoever i'm bringing up next you you're going off their laugh and or, or the security that were like kind of around the stage you just kind of go off of their laughs like somebody who's hearing the joke for the first time Right. Well, I, I guess, uh, you know, there's a whole concept of you can't really play uh, to the crowd and do crowd work anymore in that, in that scenario, because I've seen some of the seen some of the uh, videos that you guys. I mean, some of the, I mean, some of this, it's like 50 to 100 yards distance between the you and the stage in that first car. Right. Absolutely. It's it's well over like 50 yards minimum, you know, because you do have the stage. The stage is big. And then they have the, you know, the camera guys set up and then behind that, there's like a, like a barricade. And then there's like a, like an aisle for the cars to kind of pass by. And then that's your first row of cars there. And it's like, <laughs> so <laughs> like you said, playing in the front row, it's still like, Oh, looking out going, Hey, yeah. hi, hi, be me. If you're watching. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I initially thought that the people were going to be like honking is like, you're putting audience members in the ultimate heckling machine. You know, there's a, there's a horn, there's, you know, right. high beams, there's a car that could, they just turn on and, you know, now Start it's like, on fire. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a problem over there in uh, lot C. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was interesting, but people were very respectful. Uh, they didn't honk or flash the lights to the end. I, you know, Bert made it a point to say, Hey, thank you guys so much. If you want to honk your horns or flash your lights, Thank you guys so much. And it, it, it was almost like the new normal for like, you know, Bert was essentially getting a standing ovation, but that's what it looked like. People honking, flashing right. the lights. And, you know, he would bring us on stage to kind of wave at people and just to kind of soak that in. And it, it's crazy. It, it, it feels good. But, man, it, it, it definitely takes a little getting used to and building up, you know, building your confidence up because it's not it's not what it's not what we're used to. Yeah, well, I mean, every comedy club in the country always has some kind of disclaimer going over the rules before each show and such. Do you guys have a set thing in there, um, like that shows a video or going over the rules of the? Because sure, no, because nobody, because nobody knows the new rules, right? I mean, when you go, I've never gone to a, a drive-in movie theater to go see a, a comedy show, so I'd, I'd, you, you would expect some kind of instructions and like, hey, handholding of how how this is. Can actually run so do, like yeah it, it just i i think the number one rule and you know they had like a like in the um in, in the screen they kind of had some rules and stuff but it, it, it was just like essentially it was be mindful and you know it, it's like if people are honking and then it's like some of those drive-in theaters had like like houses were around that property so mm -hmm. it's like hey be mindful that, you know that kind of thing but yeah people were very res respectful and 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 it showed, and especially during this time, I mean, people want to go out. They want to have a good time. They haven't seen comedy in a while. So I think people were just happy to be out and were very respectful. And, um, you, 
yeah, they didn't like nobody was there to ruin anyone's fun and and everyone there was just uh yeah they were just uh so excited to be there as, as we were you know we were excited as as comics not being able to perform for that long and being able to go out there and and, and bring a show well yeah well i have to assume if you live near a uh drive-in movie theater you're probably used to like the loud noises or whatever that's coming from sure <laughs> the event or whatever <laughs> that's going on around there um I mean, tell me some of the stories. I mean, you guys, you guys just look like you have a blast on the road. It, I mean, you know, the whole concept of, uh, you know, the people saying that comedians don't work for a living. I mean, you're doing everything right, right? I mean, in the best job in the world. But, it, man, you guys look like you're doing it right. I mean, I've seen – I mean, I follow I follow all of you guys, you and Dave and Bert and, uh, uh, and you know, Dave with his cooking skills. Like, I just oh want to fo- – I just want to follow him around and just eat. Oh my God, he can, he can definitely cook, man. It was uh, so the leg of the tour that I that I was on was uh, Dave Williamson, and uh, Shane Torres, and um, you know Bert, and you know we just had a ball. It was like eating, we were eating nonstop, and you know Dave has this uh, smoker that he had on the bus, so it's like, you know, every stop there was something in that smoker being cooked, and I mean we ate. We had a lot. I mean, I gained, I gained some weight. I was just excited to be back home and, and eat some vegetables. I didn't, I, you know, my body hadn't tasted a vegetable in, in, in a clear, yeah, in a good two weeks, man. So <laughs> as soon as I got back, I, I made this uh, green smoothie that I like to drink. It's like kale, spinach, celery, a little bit of uh, a lemon juice. And, oh, man, my body was very thankful. And, and yeah, it's like I have to clean the body out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been saying too. Like, it, like it seems like uh, the stories are either it goes, "Hey, I've lost all this weight during COVID," or "I've gained all this weight." I, I, I call it the, uh, the "I gained the COVID nineteen pounds." So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I heard that the other day. I, yeah. I, I heard a friend say he's like the quarantine fifteen is like, man, that's it. That's. <laughs> I, I think I gained more than fifteen. I mean, <laughs> especially on tour, it would just. I, I mean. Uh, basically the hangout was food laughs and repeat you know you know we have a a brew here and there that was fun but yeah just the food was great and we were all on the tour bus i mean we were i mean super cautious the tour manager everybody the production was just you know they they did it right so it's like how does how does one operate and be safe and you know make sure that we're able to do this again and it's like everyone had to keep tied in the in the tour bus and be really safe um you know we took all our precautions and you know thank god we all came back you know healthy you know there was no problems and right um you know yeah because it doesn't make any difference if you if you if you go out on this tour and then come back in four days and you're like ah we're all yeah if, if, if one of us is careless is like we're we're essentially ruining the tour for Bert and you know to be able to do it again like this is this is a big deal so we were all you know nobody minded it because it's just what what needs to happen in order for us to have a successful tour. So, you know, usually when we're, you know we're on tour, we go here, we go there. We were still able to have some fun, but it, it was all like, you know, we all took our precautions. I I mean, I learned how to swim during that time. It was like a yeah, huge tell home us, run. Tell us about that. You, so you would never learn how to swim, and never. then and and how did that come out? Did you just happen to be talking to the fellows one <laughs> one day and and say I I don't know how to swim, and I can see Bert going. No effing way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it definitely, it was, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Long Beach, uh, California. And, and you know what? I never learned 
to swim. You know, I would go to the beach all the time growing up. I just never got in the water and never went past uh, your knees. Never, ever. <laughs> and and I, I used to go I, I used to get picked up by this YMCA program and they take you down to the YMCA uh, there in downtown Long Beach and they, you know, help you out with homework. And and the sale on the program for like as a kid was they help you with your homework, but as soon as you're done, you get to go in the pool. And all my friends were like, they couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't wait. They do the homework. They even do it on the way there just so they had more time to be in the pool. And I would go in there, but I was, I was, I'm six feet, I'm six foot three inches tall. Right. So I've always been the big kid. So when I would get in the pool, I just kind of like bounce around, kind of walk and pretend that I was swimming. And that bite, like that came around and bit me in the ass. Cause it's like, I, I had all this time to learn and I never did because I was goofing off. So I so, never learned. So, so how did how did you learn? Did they just throw you in the deep end, like like like, and just say swim, <laughs> swim, Jesus, swim? Close. Uh, no, walk uh, on water, Jesus. <laughs> so, so, so we were uh, we had talked about it before that uh, you know I had talked about it with the guy that I never learned how to swim, and everyone was like, yeah, I learned from a young age, and everyone had their stories of how they learned how to swim, and then um, so before we left, Leanne. Uh, uh, came and gave me this like this this uh, this gift bag uh, for the tour. That's Bert's wife, right? Yeah, Bert's wife. Yeah, yep. uh, Leanne, so sweet. She uh, she gave me this bag, and it was like a like a paddleboard, like one of those foam kind of deals that they give little kids. Some uh, you get some uh, water wings. <laughs> water wings. We had the little blow up deals. The best. Uh, we had the goggles. Yeah, the goggles, but the snorkeling thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to get the flippers too. no flippers, no flippers. I, 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 um, you draw the line just... at flippers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm open to flippers. Believe me. So, 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 so they gave me that. And, and then later, you know, we're talking about it and it almost felt like an intervention. You know, all the guys were like, we can't believe you can't swim. And then he starts just like, man, we have to teach you. And I look over and the cameras are rolling. I'm like, oh man, this is an intervention. And then like, we're going to go swimming. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. That's why Leanne gave me the <laughs> the goggles and everything. There was no explanation. Yeah, there was no explanation. It's like here's a nice gift for the road. You might end up, in, you know, in uh, knee high water. Right. <laughs> I put two and two together at that moment. I'm like, oh, I'm about to learn how to swim on this tour. And sure enough, it it, it, it was fun. We we had gone to a couple places, but it was just packed. So we kind of waited to find a place that was just you know only us going in there and. Um, we went in there and, and I got a 30 minute lesson. That was the first 30 minute lesson I have ever gotten in and ever. And this was in New Mexico. And I, I went in there and then what was it? Was it in New Mexico? Texas. And then we went to Texas after that. I don't remember the location now. Now it's all, all, all foggy. But what I will say was I got a 30 minute lesson and then they're like, hey, we're about to go tubing in an hour. I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> Friendly reminder. I'm not quite ready with my one 30-minute lesson. I can't even put my head underwater. Like, I'm not even there yet. Like, what are we doing tubing? So an hour later, we ended up tubing. And it's Did you like, go? Yeah, I, I went. I'm no party pooper. You know, I, I went for it. But I, w- I was definitely, like, sweating big time, yeah. you know. Make sure you don't uh, get dumped out. And, and it's I probably – I assume it was probably a place where it had a low river where you can kind of stand up and – yeah, I didn't know that until later. Yeah, uh, usually that's what tubing is. It, there might be some spot that has like five or six feet deep, but I'm sure they would have 
taking you. I did not know that until halfway through because Dave, Dave, like jumped out, uh, like somebody dropped something and he jumped out and, and the water's up to his waist. I'm like, oh come on, guys, you should have told me that. You're like, I could have done that. I'm, I'm back in Long Beach. Dear life, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, one of the one of the things flipped over on my buddy Shane, and I saw him like jump into the water, and I was like panicking. I'm like, oh, I'm next, and um, and <laughs> he was like, yeah, I it's die. not deep. <laughs> yeah, it's not deep. And I'm like, all right. So it was cool. I mean, I, I never tubed before either, you know, because I'm afraid of, hey, what happens if I turn over? I won't be able right. to swim. But I mean, I mean, that was fun. And eventually, you know, I, I just kind of went on my own and started practicing and. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm okay. I'm like 60% there. I, I just need to learn how to move my feet as I do my hands. I showed a, a buddy of mine, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe, a video of me swimming on my phone. Yeah. He's like, dude, he's like, you're just floating in the direction that your head's pointing. It's like, move your feet. He's like, you're just like this, this floating carcass in the right. pool. Well, like, that's oh. half the battle. I mean, floating, cause you don't want to sink. So if you, if you're in that situation and he, and that's the worst case scenario that you just float. I guess that's okay. That's fifty percent of it, at least. Yeah, it, it took some time. How old were you when you learned how to swim? Um, I was uh, I was overseas. I was a Navy brat. I was in Iceland, and I was taking. Um, I was in first and second grade, and my parents kept taking me to the lessons, and I I couldn't figure it out, or maybe I didn't want to. I don't know. And then um, I was so I was in between second and third grade, and I was visiting back in the states my uh, at my uncle's house, and and he said and he had a pool. And they said something to the effect that like he can't swim yet, and like nah, it's like and he goes and he goes and he goes if you swim from one end of the pool to the other, uh, I'll give you twenty bucks. And then he just threw me, and then he threw me in. Started cracking your knuckles. He, he, he like, literally pushed doing? me in, and I probably had had the you know fifty percent of the concept like you had, and and oh. I just somehow managed to get to the other side, and, and I was done. And I oh, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. My, even my parents, even my parents were just, like, blown away that I could swim because there's, like, a little pool there in the, in the, in the apartment building where we're at. Nobody uses it. I've, I, I very rarely have, in my three years of living there, I've seen, like, only a handful of people use it. And especially right now, no one's using it. I'm like, I'm jumping in the pool. And I'm, like, you know, drinking my share of water, trying to remember the stuff from tour. <laughs> And then finally I got it down and I look over my parents are like in the, you know, in the railing, just kind of looking through the taking fence pictures. And, yeah. T- <laughs> yeah. They were amazing. Like, wow. You can really swim. And I'm all confident. And that's where I showed my buddy a, a video of me swimming. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, you're not swimming, man. Like, you're floating in the direction you want to go. That's it. I'm like, damn it. Your place has a whole new amenity that you never uh, thought you'd be taking advantage of. So it's ever. Now, yeah. Now you're getting your money's worth more. So. Honestly, you know what learning how to swim feels like? It feels like you get your wings back. Like it's something that you were able to do, but you never did. Yeah. And and if you did it, you never knew you did it. it it's such a, like a weird thing because it, it's like I'm, I'm having a ball like swimming and trying to get better at it. But it's such a great feeling, man. And it's like it sucks that I went so long without it. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. But I'm just yeah. so happy that I can do it now because I'm like. I can't get enough of it, man. That's one of those things you just take for granted. You just like assume, you know, that everybody can do that something like that, and, uh, mm-hmm. and they, like you said, so awesome, man. Well, uh, let's pivot a bit. Let's talk about your special. So uh, yeah. your new special is out on uh, Showtime. It's called "Stay at Stay at Home Son," correct? Mm-hmm. Stay at um, Home Son. Let's start with the title first. And um, how'd you come up with uh, that title? So, 
so a lot of people when the Showtime special came out thought that I had named the special Stay at Home Son because of the quarantine. And the truth of it is that I landed on the name of the special last summer. So August of last year. Okay. Um, I taped the special November 2nd of last year. And it came out this year, May 29th. So I had already landed on it. And it was like a punchline. It was like a a punchline of like my dad when I was like, like for a long time growing up, my dad would say, um, he's like, you're you're a stay-at-home son, meaning you're you're, you know how people say you're a – a stay-at-home husband or a stay-at-home wife, you know, is that like you're a stay-at-home son. He's like, you don't do anything. He's like, you just stay here. You're just in your room writing or drawing. Yeah. So I, I was able to put the placement of that in, in my last bit. But, I mean, yeah, my first one-hour special, as you, as you can imagine, Chuck, I mean, it's a childhood dream come true. I mean, it's it's something yeah. I've, I've dreamt about. I've prayed about i've done all of it yeah i mean it's just it's something i've been so fixated on since i was a kid and and to and, and to have it come true you know and and to have to, to to have it come out you know and there was a moment there i'm like i don't think it's coming out you know because of his thing but it's out it got it got some great reviews and you know uh my, my friends were very supportive and they you know they they blasted it out on their social media so the you know the support from my friends and family and um yeah hey, it was just yeah great. I, I saw everybody i think you were on what you on uh, joe rogan as well yeah as well? i mean yeah yeah That's i awesome. went on joe rogan and you know he's, he's he's a guy who i look up to and respect so much and you know i've seen him at the store and you know he's a very kind man he's always a, a a very good friend i could say hi and you know i see him there at the comics bar at the store and and you know him reaching out and be like Hey, hey, do you want to come on to to promote it? I'm like, yeah. And, oh, he asked you. Yeah, yeah. He awesome. I, he reached out and he had mentioned to me beforehand. He's like, hey, when it's out, you know, we'll be sure to you know have you on. And I don't want to follow up. I don't want to bother the man. He's he's very busy. Well, I'm like, hey, you know, I got this thing I want to promote. I was like, get out of here. But I, I mean, he right. just I'm a testament of how real of a duty is. He's like, he remembered. I mean, he it, it was something that I didn't follow up on. It was just he told me and then. He was like, hey, special's coming out. You know, you want to do it? I said, yeah. And I couldn't sleep the night before. I was so excited. I had my outfit laid out and everything. I was just, like, excited to get on. But it was just, I mean, it was great. My parents came to the taping. Uh, they got to see me do the first show. And then I saw my parents leave with a bunch of uh, craft services, a bunch of snacks. My dad got a big box. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He's like, this is yours, right? I'm like, yeah, but. It's going mean, to go bad. looking at you. It's going to go bad. Yeah, he had Pringles and Cheez-Its and apples and uh, some chocolates that I had to take out of his uh, his box that he took. I'm like, you can't eat that. Everything else is cool, but chocolate's got to stay here, man. How are your parents doing? They're good. They're hanging in there. You know, this time is, you know, I, I keep going back to COVID. It's just such a challenging time, and especially yeah. with, my mom's health. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if we can talk time. about that because I know that you you were you were just an amazing son that you you look after yeah. your 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 parents and they're they're getting they're older right and they're not the great greatest of health if I remember correctly but like yeah like they're yeah they're older they're seventy four seventy five now and okay. you know they've had their you know their run ins with health problems you know my mom you know, my mom has, has had health issues for, for some time, long time, actually. And, you know, she had a tumor that was removed years ago and, you know, I'm like the primary caregiver and, and things have been, things have been, you know, tough, you know, trying to juggle comedy and, and caregiving and life and all that good stuff. But, 
um, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing good right now. You know, my dad is doing well as well. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, they, he, he had colon cancer some time ago and they did the surgery, they did a follow-up and like a month ago they did a follow-up and the doctor was like, I don't want to see you in, in three to five years for another, you know, checkup. He's like, your dad's good. I'm like, oh, nice. ah. that's awesome. so, so, so everything's good, but still, you know, it's like their health is a little delicate and yeah. you know, it, it, it requires definitely some extra patience and a little extra love and yeah so right. well i know how know. hard it is uh for you like you know you're you're only child right I yeah mean, only and, child and so i'm the and, one that has and you're to trying everything. to make your career and i i'm sure it's a it's a little push pull i'm sure you want to stay home and you know help them and i have to assume that your parents are probably like no go and you know do do your stuff and we'll be fine but you're, it's kind of a weird dynamic there right yeah that's kind of the struggle you know because it's like you you see how much you know they they need you know a little extra help and you know i do want to go out and work and trying try to find the happy medium of how much do i stay home how much do i go out on the road and and and, and work so it's tough but they're like you know go out there and go work and you know, in the earlier years, too, it's like as, as a comic, you're struggling trying to find, you know, your way in comedy and, you know, you're not making a ton of money, you know, enough to kind of get by. But it's like trying to find a caregiver and that kind of thing can be really challenging. And, you know, now I'm, I'm getting closer to 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 be able to kind of take that on. That, that's always been a big dream of mine. And I think the prime reason, you know, the prime uh, where my sense of urgency comes in in, in trying to get stuff done in this business is that I want to be able to like hire a caregiver. Sure. I'm still going to be around, but to be able to take on a little more work and, and inch in closer to my dream of, you know, really living the full experience of being a stand-up comic. But yeah, it's tough, man. It's yeah. tough. Well, it seems like, like uh, we mentioned earlier, all the, uh, the great things that are going on for you. So that's, that's awesome. I hope it's, hope it's paying off financially that you are uh, uh, able to do a little bit more of that to, you know, have somebody look after them and such. And, uh, but, uh, totally. I mean, you, you know, what's great about this business is like, sometimes it's such a trip that you're like, man, it's like through all these jokes and this kind of things, like I'm able to take care of my loved ones and, you know, pay, like there's these small victories right. that you have along the way. It's like, you know, you pay your, your phone bill. Then it's like, I'm paying my friend's phone bill. Then it's my like, my car's paid off. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Car. And then it's like, I've, I've paid rent for how many years now? Like just from comedy. And it's like, I'm, I'm able to take care of my parents' medication and this and that is like, Oh man. So it's a bunch of little victories. And it's like, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm just happy that I could provide for my loved ones through, through something that I love to do. Yeah. That's awesome. And also, uh, for people that are listening later on, uh, on the podcast or live, uh, um, if you don't have uh, Showtime, which I do not myself, but I did notice that uh, if you most people have an Amazon account, Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. you can get a seven day free trial on there right now and watch his special for free. So yeah. just a little heads up on that, because I'm going to go. I, I did not do my homework ahead of time. I apologize, but I, no, 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 watched it, but I will definitely go watch it. Not like I wouldn't have paid for it, but. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but when I it's still available, people can go out and watch it. Still so, available, uh, and 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 hopefully soon it'll be out on on iTunes and all that. They're they're trying to figure out you know what it is, but it, it'll be out for you can stream it now, or you know it, it should be coming out pretty soon and in, in uh, like a wide release. Okay, now how does that work um, on the back end uh, on the business aspect? Did did uh, Showtime approach you? Or do you shop it around to say Netflix, HBO, etc.? How how does that work? How did walk us uh, 
Walk me and uh, the listeners through the process um, if, if you, they don't know how that's done. So yeah, all the I new have... comedians that are watching going, you know, dreaming for that special, like, you know, sure. like down the road and, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, I, I feel like, um, um, a lot of luck. Um, so it first started when I met with Showtime. So I met with Showtime years ago. Um, let me give you the correct time frame. So this is uh 20, 19, 18. So I met with Showtime in 2017. Right. And I met with them and, you know, they were fans of my work, I guess. And, and, you know, they were very sweet. Just Showtime with just the people over there are just super cool down to earth. They're huge fans of comedy and they wanted to, you know, hopefully work together. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. And then, um, you know, I, I met with them a couple of times and they expressed interest in, in hopefully working together in that capacity. And then before I knew it, there was a, a, you know, they reached out and they had made an offer and I was quite excited. I was like, man, this is like de- definitely what I want. But then, you know, that's when the creative mind jumps in the, 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 the one that makes you second guess everything. I'm like, Hey, am I ready? Is this too early? Um, am I, you know, do I have the material to, to give a hundred percent to a one hour special? Do I have, you know, the jokes that, you know, this is your first time doing a one hour special, your first one hour special. So it's like, you almost want to have a, mm-hmm. like a good introduction. Yeah. You know, good first impression. Yeah. I mean, totally. that, that makes a difference in the, in this world. So huge. So, so it's like, I'm second guessing everything and I'm having a conversation with my manager and he's like, look, if he's like, I think you're ready, obviously I'm biased. I, you know, I, I, I see, I, I, I see what, you know, you do day in and day out. He's like, you perform every day, a few times a night. He's like, you're going on the road, you're headlining. And it's like, I, I think everything's lined up. And I had done some other projects during that time. So I had burned some more material and I just wanted to make sure that I had it. So long story short, I, I, I agreed that I wanted to do it. And I took on this like, a whole year of just putting it together and I was going on the road and I go to one of those, um, shared workspaces, like a, like, like a WeWork type spot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I went there and every, every week I go in there and just lay everything out on the, on the whiteboard and try to break everything up. And, you know, I, I approached it in almost like a, like a movie, like a story. I, I, I had it in three acts. I, I knew what I wanted to do. So, I broke down the special in 20 minute increments. So when people watch it, I, I hope that comes across that it's like, you got the 20 minutes. I, you know, I talk about my upbringing next 20 minutes. It's like the characters in my life, you know, my parents and all this good stuff. And then at the end, I kind of string everything together um, and, and capitalize on all the variables that I had set up the first 40 minutes on a, in a 20 minute story. So the closing bit is a 20 minute story about me running the LA marathon. And yeah, yeah so, I forgot that you did that. You did that with yeah, Bert, right? Didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ran it with Bird, and I, I talk about it on the special where it's like, you know, the journey of, you know, training for a marathon all the way to the end. And, you know, sometimes we do stuff to impress our parents, and, you know, we shouldn't. You know, you do something because you want to do it. And, right. you know, I, I, I it took me 26.2 miles to realize that, you know, don't do things for other people, do it for yourself. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's like, and, and then I learned something learn something while doing the special is like the special is almost written twice right is it's like the act that you write and you want to do it's actually three times because it's the act that you performed that night you know i I did two shows on november 2nd um and where'd you tape it what theater at the the airport theater in north hollywood okay 
Yeah, November 2nd. And so we did two two shows there. And then it's like in the editing room, you know, I was a part of that process too. So it's like cut here, cut that. And then that's painful, man. It's so hard. I, I <laughs> to hate watch yourself. Myself. And, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I would hear myself. I record myself. So I, I hear myself and I got over that of, oh, I sound weird, but just to kind of like change, you know, jokes or rewrites and that kind of thing. But to see yourself, you're like, man, that nervous tick. I say that word a lot. Uh, you know, why am I making that face? So it was really hard. And finally we locked down, we locked picture and then the rest was like, all right, it's out of my hands. Now it's out in the, yeah. in the world. But then I assume uh, I hear so many people that, uh, that afterwards they come out and they, you'll still pick apart your, your uh, set and go, oh, well, that, that tag's so old now or whatever. And now I'm, I'm tagging this with something else that's funnier and, you, and not, totally. nothing's ever perfect, right? I mean, like you could always make something better, but you yeah. got to eventually just get to that point where it's like, hey, this is as good as it's going to be right now. <laughs> and, and you know what I, what I think about it too? It's like even, even like – you know, name a comedian, name a special, like whichever comedian or special resonates with you. It's like, that was a snapshot in time for that comedian. It's where they were at that moment. And, you know, it, it's cool to grow with somebody. It's like, I, I, I'm a huge fan of comedy. And it's like, sometimes I go back and watch the old library on a certain comic and I watch all the specials like in order. And I'm like, man, you can see the growth. You can see this. And I, I, I just hope that people are, you know, are, are willing to invest that kind of time with, with, you know, my jokes that, you know, they could see this special, like, Hey, that's just where I was at that moment in time, November 2nd, 2019. And hopefully the next one will be better. You're already and, talking and... bad about it. I, I didn't say it was bad. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's amazing. Like, so no, it's uh it, it's, I'm, I was excited for, for what it was, you know, it's like, it's, you know, I, I put a lot of work into it. I had a lot of fun, but literally I remember going on the road right after, and performing and, and like you said there was a tag that i came up with uh some more expanding on certain premises i'm like dang it that would have been perfect for the special but it's like <laughs> anyway that's done you know on to the next one now does showtime give you um like uh analytics like hey this has been watched this many times or or do they can, can they track any of that stuff and are, are they pleased with the outcome of uh what what was uh produced and um i guess the follow-up after yeah, so I don't know about analytics. Um, we're we're gonna reach out, but I do know that like, like two months. Yeah, two months right after so May, June, July. So like like July, um, it seemed like they were very pleased. Showtime had reached out, and I had done like a internal Facebook Live kind of um, situation for the people over at Showtime, um, just so I you know people at Showtime could get you know familiar with me or something like that. It was just like a cool kind of like a. Uh, just kind of like a like a chill chat uh, that I had. Russell Peters uh, w was kind enough to moderate it, and um, yeah, Showtime seemed seemed very excited, um, and I was too. So it's like they invited me after the special to go back and have a chat, you know, with them. So um, all good signs, and you know, hopefully, I, I think the numbers will know will know pretty soon. Nice. Awesome. Do, do, do they pay you up front for that? Or, or is it like afterwards, after it's aired? Like, for example, because you said you didn't know if it was going to be aired uh, because of, due to COVID-19. So is it one of those yeah. scenarios where they pay you up front? So that yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a complicated situation. But yeah, it's like, you know, there's payment along the way and that kind of thing. And then once it's out, it's like, you know, there's, you know, hopefully I can put it out there and, you know, the streaming, that's like another angle of it. But 
yeah, they, they definitely set it up where you, you know, you're taken care of. Nice. Hey, uh, we'll pivot a bit. Um, now, now you're a golfer or you're attempting to golf kind of like you're, uh, you, I, I love that you're starting all these things later on in life. Uh, <laughs> you weren't always a golfer, right? Didn't you start recently I, within the last couple of years or so? Uh, no, I actually started when I was in, in college. So I, I worked at a golf course. I, okay. I, I was a mechanic in the, in the cart barn, you know, I, I fixed yep. carts and, you know, had them ready and I worked the range for, for many years. And that's where I started. I was in college and I started there, uh, but my godfather worked there and, and, you know, I asked him that I wanted to work there one cause I, I like golf, but I never knew how to get started. It's okay. such an expensive sport right. and he worked there. He was pretty good. So I started working there, you know, thanks to, uh, uh my godfather, uh, uh, Hector. And then I met a buddy of mine who's, who's, who's an avid golfer now. He's really good. We both went in at the same time, my, uh, my homie Angel. And he's uh, he's a really good golfer, but we both went in not knowing anything. And the deal that I had with uh, course, uh, uh, the course uh, PGA Pro that would teach lessons there, that if I cleaned all the golf balls for his classes all week, like I would go there and, w- and whenever my shifts were, I you know, crates of golf balls would have them ready for his students. Yeah. At the end of the week on Sunday, I got a free 30-minute lesson. Oh, nice. So I would get there early and make sure all the golf balls were clean and set up for his classes. And that's kind of where I learned. And, you know, I learned in the range. And, you know, I would go out and, and play, like, whenever the boss would leave, I'd, you know, throw my, you know, throw in a couple of, you know, clubs in the golf cart and just go out there and play a couple holes before it got dark. And then I'd be backed up with work with all the carts needing to be serviced. And I'm like, oh, no, it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm still hosing off carts going, dang it, they're going to be pissed without this overtime. Um, but it was great. It was one of, one of the best jobs I've had because I, I always say any young person is like if they want to find the perfect job through college, it's working at a golf course because you find fe- people from all walks of life. You right. know, and, it's, and that's it definitely could be a, one of those jobs like it's, uh, you know, it's – kind of like who you know and you there's so many people that you meet through that just that sport alone that just seems to open up some doors for for people down the road too huge so. huge doors it's like the like the people you meet like i i would go out like it'd, it'd be like a, a group of four people going out all individuals that just show up they pair you and it's like you could be talking to a, a like like a barber and it's like a mechanic and this guy's a civil engineer and this guy's a judge and we're we're out there just playing, laughing, having a beer, you know, smoking a cigar, you know, what have you. Just, but this game is just—it's such a beautiful game, and that's where I got—I got hooked, man. I got really, really hooked. And the cool, even like a cooler thing about that is that me working at that golf course, every club that I own, which I, you know, have every single club that was gifted to me, but I basically put together a set gifted by different people. Um, the driver was given to me by a retired Marine, uh, tailor-made burner. I have some, uh, Mizuno blades that were given to me by this, uh, uh, heart surgeon, uh, doctor. Uh, my wedges were given to me by a, um, uh, a PGA pro, nice. uh, and my putter, my first club ever was given to me by my godfather. And then the, the bag that I have, uh, which by the way, the putter I have, it's like those, uh, it's a pal two. It's like old school. I put the jumbo grip on it. Love it. I, I wouldn't, I, I can't play with any other putter. It's like the only one I know how to putt with. That's awesome. And, um, and yeah, and the bag I won in a raffle. So, you know, golf is a big part of, uh, you know, my upbringing as a, like a young adult, you know, it was, it was like, yeah, how I met a lot of people. 
And then in your comedy world, you uh, you trans uh, transpired that knowledge of golf into a um, a golf show, right? Are you still doing that golf show? What was it called? Uh, Tea time with Jesus Trejo. Okay, is that was that just self produced or is that through another company? Uh, it was all things comedy. Uh, okay. Al Magical and, and Bill Burr's company, all things comedy. Okay. Um, you know, and Mike Bertolina down there were were kind enough. I approached him with this idea. I'm like, I have this idea where it's just playing golf and you know talking smack. I went, like, I thought of the same it. thing at one time, and I just didn't. I, you would you went to uh, you created it before I did. I had a my my title was called uh, Shanks for Playing. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, the same concept was like, hey, just get comedians and whoever just to talk shit and, and play golf. And, cause, totally. You know, I'm surprised you didn't try and shop that to the uh, the uh, golf channel. I think. It... Yeah, we, we, we definitely tried it. We were going to, you know, get more together and kind of create a, you know, kind of like a highlight reel of, of what the show is. And, you know, I had an idea what the show was going to be early on. But then in, in the editing room, as I was learning, it was like the show can take another form completely. And, you know, we were definitely trying to figure out what that was. And we There's shot a lot of moving parts to a lot of moving parts for a lot of getting all the holes and the shots. And yeah, I, I can yeah and especially it's like it, it can require a huge budget. You know, that's what we were. We realized when I was out there, but I, I think we got the gist of it. It was still fun. I, I think anyone who's into golf really enjoyed it. And I, I think the big goal of it, of the show was like, how do we get people who are not fans of golf also interested in the show? Like where you don't have to know golf through and through. I, I think it super resonated with people who are into golf um, and, and people who weren't really, they're like, Oh, there's a whole lot of golf talk in there. But <laughs> right. um, it was, I, I, I watched every more. one of them. I mean, uh, oh, thank I, you. Yeah. You had bird on there. Uh, John reap. Uh, right. Yeah, John, yeah. John, yeah, John uh, did this podcast a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, nice guy and uh, horrible golfer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I, I thought he was playing with me, and then he he goes up there and he. Sorry, John. He, <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> oh, he knows. He knows. <laughs> and it, but like 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 we had a ball, and that was like that was proof that you know that 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 show was fun regardless of uh, golf ability or golf knowledge, you know, for the viewer and. It was just a fun episode, and I want to shoot more. But again, COVID. We'll see. We'll see when they let us go back out there, and and you know we definitely have a cleaned up, you know, a, a version of it. You know, it, it was evolving from the first episode to the last one that we shot. It was evolving, and I think we have it down now. But yeah. you know, how, we'll many soon... you, how many did you do? Well, four. Four. Awesome. Yeah, we well, did four episodes. I hope you do some more because I want to see it. I mean, if you if you want to do a uh, an agent one and uh, have me out, I yes. will absolutely. That'd fly be great. Out there. I'm I'm totally up for it. I just I just put that in your brain right now because I swear I'll fly out there to go play around a golf. That that it looks like so much fun. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all in. So all right, let's talk about your latest project. I assume it's your latest. Uh, um, Tacos Contado. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I took, you said it right. Tacos I took French. I took French. Tacos I sh- with I screwed oh, up. I should have should have taken uh, Spanish. I don't know why, but I did not. I so uh, yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, so that's uh, that's your new your new uh, uh, web series with uh, First We Feast, right? Uh, and we that's did, huge. Uh, yeah, it was great. I got I got really really lucky. I, I feel I keep saying lucky because I'm like oh, I don't know how these things happen, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm getting paid to eat and have laughs with my friends. So this is uh, a, a dream gig. Uh, we're on our second season now. 
Uh, first season was great. The numbers were super, super great. Um, and that translated into a second season. And we're doing it right now. So first episode, second season is out. Second uh, second episode drops tomorrow, actually. Okay. Uh, we got Tiffany Haddish on that one. Oh, and, nice. Um, it's just great. And, and the format is a little different because, again, COVID. <laughs> uh, so we're not doing it in the field. We're, we're doing it uh, through Zoom kind of thing, kind of like this. Yeah. And we're doing order like we're ordering uh, some episodes. We order the same thing. Sometimes we order different stuff. So we, you know, we, 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 we do the Uber eats kind of thing, just as a formal reminder that you could you know support your local, um, you know, taquero during these crazy times. And yeah, we just, it was so exciting. They reached out, you know, they reached out. They wanted me to host this show. They already kind of had it built up at a meeting oh, with so them in New York. This wasn't your idea that you pitched to them. They reached out to you. Yeah. Yeah. They wow. reached out to me. Um, you know, Justin Bull is uh, uh, the EP on it. Uh, he had seen an episode that I did with uh, Bobby Lee, the Tiger Belly episode, uh, a, a Tiger Belly episode of his podcast, right? Okay. And he saw that one, and he had, you know, he, he had seen some more stuff, but he's like, "Man, I saw that one." I was like, "Man, you know, let's have a meeting kind of thing." And I, I happened to be in New York during that time, so I went down to Complex, had a meeting. It was, it was supposed to be a thirty-minute meeting. Two hours later, I walk out of there, you know. Uh, shaking hands going thank you so much for having me we we're talking sneakers and you know complex everything you know uh pop culture everything and then first we feast i'm a big fan of food so we we're talking hours about fucking food and uh ooh, no you know, can say whatever you want. Oh, okay yeah, no, like, no, ooh, i got too well, comfortable I, I was gonna throw <laughs> no this is absolutely laid back comfortable is is key um, if you're watching or listening, First We Feast is is huge for, you might not know that name, but uh, you might know what Hot Ones is. Hot Ones is the interview question, uh, a web series where you, you uh, the, the guests eat hot wings, and, yeah. and they've got billions of views. So for you to be a part of this, I was like, holy shit, Jesus Yeah, no, it's great. And, and Sean Evans was was so kind and, and, and welcoming. Shout out to Sean Evans and you know, the whole Tacos Con Tolo crew, the crew is just amazing, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I, man, I, I, I lucked out big time from the EP to the guys doing the sound, you know, camera, like editing, like all of it. They're all like grade A people. And it just, um, such a fun show. It's like, I, I, I told my dad, I'm like, yeah, I get paid to eat tacos. <laughs> I, He's like, you're I, full of it. I'm like, no. Yeah. I can't imagine that conversation that first time you go home and tell your parents and say, hey. Yeah, and they watch the episodes, and they're like, man, that's pretty cool. And and, and they're definitely like, how, how come you never have taken us there? I'm like, because it's very unhealthy. It's delicious, <laughs> but very unhealthy. That's why. Here, so, here's some here's some uh some craft services from my special that I ever left over, hey, hey, Dad. <laughs> but yeah, my parents want to go to all the taco spots, and I take them to a couple. But there's some that it's like, oh, I can't take you there. It's it's very unhealthy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I go to all of them. All That's the not time a good and... plug for those places if they're unhealthy, I guess. But no, that means they're delicious. Yeah, they're I know. Delicious. No, I know. That was my <laughs> next thing. But 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 I bet they taste amazing. Do you get free oh. stuff there now every time you go or? People are that, very generous. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely go visit, you know, all the all the spots, you know, that I've visited in season one and that we're doing here in season two, and they're all very generous. They're, what I love about this show is that, you know, we get to showcase the the taquero, you know, the the business, the family, and you know, yeah. we have some great stories on the first season and second season too. It just, you know, there's a, just this spirit of like a love for food and, you know, entrepreneur entrepreneurial like spirit and it, it just shows people are just very passionate 
you know, with their, with their recipes. And some of these recipes are like family recipes that have been passed down. And, you know, now they've, they've, they've created a whole business around them, multiple trucks, you know, some of them have, and some, some people have like a physical location and the taco trucks to go along with it. So it's really cool to like hear these stories and get to taste the food. So, and I made a lot of friends. So yeah, it's like they, you know, they're very generous when I go out there, they take care of me and my friends when I go out there, but yeah, just a great, great show. And, and, and hopefully we have a season three, that would be phenomenal get, yeah. get to do it in the field again. Well, plus that whole, that whole, if you've never been to a taco truck in LA, I've only done it once to be honest with you. And, oh, really? um, and it, I mean, I haven't been to LA I'll, I'll a lot of times, maybe about 10 times or so, but like mm-hmm. the, uh, that's just an ordeal. That's like a rite of passage. And it, and I didn't know it was until I went. So, and it was like 2 AM at taco truck. And I remember going up and there's this, the huge thing of meat, like on the spinner yeah, the top. and he's just slicing it off and just putting it right on a, a taco and handing it to you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it was, I mean, I might've been a little bit uh, inebriated at the time, but still <laughs> it was, it was a rite of passage and it was just amazing. And it was just, so when you, you have encapsulated that feeling. So I, I feel for that. So it's cool. Like, um, you know, that you've gotten that show and, and it take yeah, it. No, so. it's, it, it's super cool. And it's like the feeling is like, we were definitely trying to capture that, that feel of, you know, you do a show, you get out of the comedy clubs, you know, comedy clubs out here in LA close at, at, at two o'clock. So it's like after your last set or after the club shuts down to go out there with your friends and, you know, you order some, you know, some tacos and you're eating them on the hood of your car or right outside of the truck. Like that's the feel of the show. And the first season, I mean, you could definitely see that. And um, yeah, it, it, it just captured like comics. Like if you can be a fly on the wall when, when comics are, are having a late night bite after a show, that's, that's what the feel of the show should be. And, it feels like we got that across definitely yeah, so. the hang right just the all hang, on the hang absolutely yeah it's it's good even uh you know i i get the hang sometimes you know even on the other side of the uh the fence on the business side but it's still fun hanging out with uh good people and and um and doing that so when did you did that obviously that was done when did you first start that series that was, was uh, that last we, summer yeah yeah we did it last um Towards, uh, yeah, like around summer all the way into like the end of last year. And then the first season actually came out at the beginning of, of, of this year. Okay. Um, and then we jumped right into a second season and we tried to figure out what the look of the show was going to be moving into the second season. And, um, you know, we're shooting it in studio. Uh, I'm, I'm in studio with a very lean uh, production team. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing it over over the computer. Well, it seems to work. I mean, I, I, even with Sean, with his uh, show, it's you know, it, it was the same thing as a learning, uh, uh, I guess, a learning curve for everyone in this. And and um, he seemed to do, do it well. And I think yeah, you guys have done it just as just as good. So, so yeah, kudos, thank you, man. So kudos. we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, season three. So if you're ever out here, Chuck, man, if you're ever out here again, man, we got to go taco oh, truck hop. Yeah, we're gonna taco truck. We're gonna golf. We're gonna just gonna make a day out of it. All of it. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, so what's next on your plate, man? I mean, so I mean, you've had such an amazing last, like, say, year and a half of uh, of your career. Do you have anything else in the hopper, or is, uh, or, or, or have you peaked for, no. for the year? <laughs> I don't know. We'll tell. Uh, time will tell if, if, if I peak. But you know, I'm, I'm, I love to have a bunch of stuff 
you know, on, on the stove cooking and, you know, I'm working on a couple projects now, um, you know, which I'm excited for. Um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, but I'm definitely writing a bunch. I, I, I will say that developing more ideas and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you know, definitely writing and, and trying to expand the existing stuff that I have now. So it's like, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing standup, you know, getting ready to, to see what that looks like when, when we get back on the road. So I'm doing more of that stuff and yeah, just trying to create, create more content and uh, working on the podcast. I haven't mustered the courage to release an episode I've, I've recorded. I don't know how many episodes and they're just sitting on the computer. I'm like, eh, I don't know that I want to put that out yet. So uh, congratulations to you, you know, oh, on, thanks, on the podcast. This is, it, it takes a lot of work. People don't understand the work that it takes. To, it's fun once you do it, but then you know, like, it's a lot of work. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out and trying to juggle all this other stuff that I'm doing. And um, yeah, just writing. I, I think my time is definitely consumed during this time with a lot of writing. It's, it's my happy place and uh, I'm having a ball doing it. Nice. So what's the one thing that, uh, you know, if you could like the Mecca of your comedy career, like, like if you could get that, what is that? Like, is it a Netflix special? Is it, is it, I mean, you already had your one, your Showtime special. Is there's what's next that you would be like, all right, if I never get anything else in my comedy career, I, I'd be happy to continue just doing jokes or wherever way I, I can, but that was the Zenith. Do you know what that would be? Is it a movie like the, or? I think, you thought um, that far? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a guy who loves to dream. I'm a big dreamer. You know, I like to, you know, think and, 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 you know, just use my imagination to see where this thing could go. But I mean, if I could just keep putting out special after special, I mean, it's a, that would be great if I can continue to find like a place for me to, to, to put out like an, if, if I can put out another special, that would be like, it, it would mean the world to me. And if I could put out another special after that until, you know, I can't talk anymore, basically. So and you're going to be, I'll, you're going to do this until you die. You comedy is your life now. Yeah. Comedy is my life. It's like, I, you know, I've been able to, you know, do comedy full time since 2012. And it's like, that feeling, I like, I don't want to go back to, you know, mowing lawns, you know, because yeah. that's what I did with my dad, you know, it's like, and well, I maybe, took over the business, so I know what that feeling is a, like. And you can be a, a a swim teacher, maybe, down the road. <laughs> yes, I can do that, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to be able to put out more specials. I think that's, that's like, where, where it's at, but I do want, you know, I, I like to work on the TV show, I like to work on the movie, I like to work on the book, I like to work on, you know, everything. I'm a, I'm a super... I like to think that I'm a super creative person and I'm always like working, you know, it's like, I, I learned that from my dad. You got to work hard. And I definitely attack, even though it's not a physical like labor type of thing. I, I, I my, my dad taught me that, you know, to work very hard and I'm, I'm, I'm applying my work ethic into, in, into comedy and, and the, and the creative endeavors. So, well, so hopefully good, my hard work pays off. Yeah. Having a good work, work ethic is uh, definitely something uh, just to, to be awesome to be to have that because not everybody has that i mean yeah, it's like i may not be the funniest but i could i'll, I'll work anyone so yeah i mean i got that going for me and eventually you know hopefully i can catch up if not it's like i i just know that i can work hard and 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 hopefully put out content that that, that people like and it resonates with 
Right. Awesome. Well, this is the part of the show that's called the check drop. You know what that is. At the end of uh, every uh, comedy club show, they, they come out and drop the checks while, while you still need to be funny and such. Um, I kind of just let this be uh, your point uh, of the show where, uh, where we wrap it up, whether you tell a, uh, um, uh, 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 one of your best moments in the, your comedy career or one of your worst or, or if you want to plug anything else, which it seems like we've already done most of that. But like, how would you, uh, how would you like to wrap out this, uh, finish out this show? Um, yeah, also I like to, um, uh, promote, uh, there's a documentary that's out now, uh, oh, you I can stream. Yeah. yeah. It's called uh, care to laugh. Uh, ARP studios did a documentary where they followed me for, uh, follow, follow my family and I for, for a year as I juggled, you know, comedy life and, and, you know, being a caretaker and you can see this whole journey during, uh, during this, um, documentary. Uh, that's when I got the late, late show. And that was my first late night appearance. So, um, you know, you see me tr- going on the road with my folks and, you know, figure stuff out. So that's out now. Um, How can people watch that? Uh, it's streaming now, like, uh, uh, or you can download it on iTunes, I believe. Okay. Um, or check out aarp.org forward slash care to laugh. And there's all the links there where, where people can go and, and download it. Uh, we did the film festival circuit. It got some great reviews and you can check that out there. You know, some of the write-ups and, you know, you can learn more about the film and also people are caregivers out there. Um, and, you know, I, I always say, if you're a caregiver, know that, you know, you're not alone. It may seem like a lonely road, but you're not, there's resources out there. And I know that ARP has a bunch of resources that, that people could benefit from both caregivers and caregivers. So ARP.org and, uh, uh, forward slash care to laugh is for the documentary, but you find all the links there in that same page. And, um, yeah. Uh, uh, what else? What else? Um, yeah. I just say, thank you so much for having me. It's great. It's great to see you, Chuck. Yes, this is this is so cool. Man. Congratulations on the podcast. And thank you for always being great. A with me, man. You, yeah. you, you've been very kind and, and I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. Well, I appreciate you coming on uh, the the years of working with you. I mean, we're not done. We're going to work together. We're not again, done. That's right. Again soon, I'm sure. So, uh, but uh, kudos to you again. I mean, I can't think of anybody else that should deserve it more than you. I mean, you're just such a good dude, man. So I I appreciate Thank you coming you, on, and um, I guess we'll uh, we'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see everybody on the next one. If you uh, need a comedian for anything. Uh, go to summitcomedy.com if you need to uh, book a uh, Jesus for some swim lessons uh, down the road. We, we can maybe work that out too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so everybody have a great night and uh, we'll talk to everyone soon on the next one. Later. Thank you. Bye-bye.